In roller derby, holding space is an empowering, often intimidating act of strength and strategy for oneself and or teammates. Holding Space, the podcast, clears the floor for conversations that touch upon race, class, identity, and privilege to amplify stories, build community, and make more connections in the skate world. This is Holding Space with Magical Wheelism. Welcome. talk <laughs> here we go we're about to break this down and like debrief and process Hamilton the musical turned film so if y'all want to just start from introducing yourselves my name is Garby Doll and um I am a hardcore fan I have a, a little bit of a background in theater it's in my blood my grandmother taught theater at Temple, my uncle does theater in New York. I was in the in the drama club. I've been a fan of the art since I was four years old. Um, I've been a fan of Hamilton for about three years. That's when I was introduced to it, and uh, it's life. It's it's everything that that you need and don't deserve. And that's, <laughs> that's it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Punky Pie, and I. Oh my goodness. I love Hamilton. I found out about it like four years ago and like was just obsessed with the soundtrack. I think it was like Mm -hmm. my top album played on Spotify like two years in a row. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, me and my friends like frequent this karaoke bar and we've convinced the host that we go to to like download a bunch of the Hamilton soundtrack. So I'm like going so we can sing it when that was still allowed, not pandemic times. Uh, yeah, I love it so much. I was so excited for the film and it did not disappoint. All right. I guess that's me now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm Coco Butter, um, also known as Coco, also known as Carmen. And I am a huge Hamilton fan. Um, I am a theater dork. I am a musical theater geek. I have my BFA in musical theater. I lived as a working actress for approximately 15 to 20 years in New York and LA and San Diego until I decided I wanted to have like um, a real home and a car and uh, live. (laughs) And um, my initial introduction to Hamilton was just the Broadway cast recording because I could not get to New York to see it. I couldn't get anywhere and get tickets to afford it. And so I knew the music before I saw it. And um, I was terrified to see it because I was in a musical called Rent. And (laughs) when I saw the, uh, the, movie version of Rent, I about barfed on myself. Yeah. So I was very, very nervous to see this adaptation. And I must say, I was pleasantly surprised. Same. <laughs> so, so, oh, wow. Okay. So all three of y'all went into it by listening to the soundtrack and then seeing it on film. Is that right? 
Yeah. Absolutely. I actually um, saw, I, I, w- I was married to the original broadcast recording, and then I saw the Tonys when they performed it. And that was just like, that just sealed it. I was like, oh, I was like, this is so good. I wish I could see it in person, but I couldn't. So I just had to be married to the original soundtrack and then also the Hamilton um, mixtapes. Yeah. So yes. Both of those things I was, I've, I've been married to for, for years. And when it announcement came, when Lin-Manuel Miranda announced that it was going to be on Disney Plus, I couldn't form the words to express how excited I was. Because I was excited to see it in the, in the uh, movie theaters next year. That's when it was supposed to come out in the theater. Like but October, said, right? You know yeah, of next year. And he was like, well, you know what? Because of Corona, let's go ahead and put it out for the people. Oh, and I'm so cool. grateful. <laughs> so grateful for that. Because I, I cried like the first time. The very, oh, very first time I saw it. Like from the beginning to the end, I was crying. Are you serious? Crying. Yeah. Right. Crying real fan tears, like how those Michael Jackson fans used to be. <laughs> me over Hamilton. <laughs> that was me about Hamilton. Like, like legit, legit tears, like legit theater girl, geek girl tears. <laughs> I am. It's an embarrassing riches because I live in New York City. I'm from New York City, but I haven't. I didn't go to my first musical until I was like until like 2015 when I had a friend coming into town. We saw Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <gasps> Hedwig, yeah. Angry Inch, Angry Inch, Inch, Inch. Thank you. One inch penis, one inch. Right. <laughs> so, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, get oh. it right. Uh, so, like, sorry about that. Yeah. So that 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 right there tells you how versed I am in the musical theater world. And I remember, like, the public. It was originally at the public. I remember seeing, hearing something here or there, like, and opening the window at, in the my browser and about to buy tickets. And for some reason, I was like, you know what? Nah, forget it. And I closed oh, that no. window. Oh, Hamilton. And that was like oh. when they were like 24 bucks. It was like, yeah, it was like oh, off Broadway. And then the next up. year it went to like, and then it like sold out immediately. Like word spread like wildfire and it went to Broadway and, you know, the rest is history. It just became this mm-hmm. huge cultural like touchstone and cut to like this time last year. I I tried and tried and tried for like, like they had, you know, the app, they had a, Hamilton had an app mm-hmm. and yes, where you app. would get like <laughs> lottery tickets. Yeah. And like, I have the app. <laughs> and so I, I was like, eh, whatever, no one's thinking about it that much anymore. Or like, whatever, just like, it, what does it, like, if you set it up on your phone, it'll just notify you and remind you of right. like the app and you just like, don't think about it. Your girl got tickets last <laughs> summer, oh. Pride Weekend, $10 ticket to like second oh row God. front and center. How dare please. you? Get off my phone. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Yo. Not my... take advantage of that. Be- no, I went. Oh, I was there. No, oh, I did? was like, okay. crying. I was like, by like the intermission, I was like Googling like law programs. I wanted to go to law school. <laughs> I was like, this is life changing. I was like, you know what? Like, why am they I inspired not? inspired you. Oh, I was like ready to like be 
the next Sonia Sotomayor. Like, I was, like, in there. That's and awesome. Then, no, I mean, I did it. Like, nothing came of it. I closed my window. My, my browser window, my phone, I kept going, kept watching it. But, like, <laughs> that's how, like, that's how much of an impact. Like, I swear, I, like, my jaw was on the ground the entire time it was it wasn't no one of the original cast I mean like one of I recognize like one or two of the ensemble dancers in like some mm. of the parts like there's this like white kid white guy short blonde hair dirty blonde hair and the on the film he's like one mm-hmm. of the ensemble dancers and when I went he was um Philip he had become the Philip John Lawrence character oh nice oh okay yeah. And I think I was just looking, like I was mentioning that I just saw this like undefeated Hamilton cast talk and it looks like one of the understudies became became Lafayette. So I love that. Like it was just like, it seemed like it was like a progression that people kept, like they promoted from within, it would seem. Mm-hmm. And then I love this so much. I told my best friend about it. We were planning this summer trip. We bought tickets <laughs> to see it in London. We saw it, we went on the West End. We were, we got like on the, like the left flank, second row again. Like we, we paid like a hundred bucks per ticket and it was dope. It was so interesting to be. I felt like I was watching it with like an away team, you know, because you're in London. <laughs> so I felt like all the British jokes were like hitting different from people. It was really funny <laughs> and fun. I would um, be curious about how a British uh, audience would, how they would take it and how, like, what their take would be on it. Or the queen. Can you imagine the queen? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like that's her direct descent or something. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God, I love I love them so so much. Stiff. Like I yeah. And I don't know. So it's been really interesting to watch. I so now like watching it with Lynn Manuel and I'm like, this is my third Hamilton, and this is the Hamilton that everyone knows. That you were supposed to see. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So it's been really weird and interesting. You know who was my first Hamilton, the one that I saw here in New York? I don't know if y'all got to the beach episode of Pose season two. If yeah. not, like, spoiler. Okay, well, like, Always. the love interest, the the, the person. Who, yes. In that episode, he was Hamilton. He's so really? cute. He was I did not amazing. Know that. Yeah. He's so he, cute. He, no way. He, he's adorable. He was Anything. Dope. Yeah. Dope. And, and a tall drink of water. Like... A yes. good six Gorgeous. four. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, I love that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting. Like in England, like see them all like pl- do like English accents or like not English like, American accents when doing it. You know. <laughs> and then sometimes the British accent kind of creeps out a little bit. Sometimes, mm-hmm. right? A little bit. It creeps out a little bit. A little tinge. A little here. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the it's like the reverse of like you know like Green Day like Billy Joe sings in like a British accent or something. Yeah, <laughs> like he's speaking the reverse. Like regular California is like that, but reverse. <laughs> that is so funny that you've seen it. Like I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna just be a hater for a second because yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> the, the, some of us are like hardcore musical theater dork geeks, and like you saw it twice, boo, like twice. And you were like, maybe I kind of want to see musical theater. Like, I'm a little jelly. Like, I'm not, no, 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 I'm a hater. Lie. NPD. I'm NPD. a little hater because no, I, no, I had a, a teammate who was like, a teammate was like, oh, my sister's selling Hamilton tickets for when it's here in LA. And I was like, 
it was at the Pantages, right? Yeah. Or yeah. And she's like, Oh, yeah. my sister has tickets. And I was like, Oh my God. The first I, I immediately texted her. I was like, I'm the one who's buying those tickets. And she's like, Oh, awesome. Let me put you in touch with my sister. So then the sister uh, DMs me and she sends me where the tickets are. <laughs> and it's like a wall on the back of my head. So like, it was the last row. Oh, it no. was the very last row. And, and, and I remember feeling like, and, and you know, she wasn't selling, she wasn't trying to price gouge me or anything. She was being very, very sweet. But I remember initially my feeling was like, I've been waiting so long to see this, mm-hmm. this show. I cannot see it from the very, very last you row. See it right. I, I got to see it right. I had to see it, you know, and that's the difference between like LA and, you know, being in New York, you know, when New York, you go to TKTS and get tickets, you know, it's just so much more accessible. So it is. And it isn't because I don't want to like, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting because I think that part of like the critiques and criticism that people online have given the Hamilton film speaks to the inaccessibility like a lot of people from like the outer boroughs in new york city are just super intimidated about the musical scenes and like it's just that's what white people do or something you know what i mean like it's just yeah, another you, world you know what the funny the so funny thing the funny thing about that is that these tickets the tickets for hamilton are, are priced around the same thing as any other show it's just mm-hmm. that it was so popular you know and it, it, the word was out it was like oh why it's so expensive it's broadway but okay? the stuff and the stub hub is it all though like a lot of right, people you know, they did the scalping theater it's not shakespeare in the park this is broadway this is the tip this is the tippy this is the elite top of this art form it's not yeah, gonna and be it's also like avant-garde okay it's also exactly like no right. one has ever, even like when you see the critics and everyone like like their minds are blown like it was a, it is at the the highest of the form right and it so, was like our generations like cats or yeah Rent or it, it was that huge yeah you know the, the the impact the cultural impact that it had even even the people who had never seen it people like me I hadn't seen it on stage I had tickets you know to go see it in June but Corona I finally got tickets to go see this show live and I can't see it because of COVID. So I'm especially hating on you, Magic, because you've seen it repeatedly. Yeah, well, I, I saw it because I, because <laughs> I, I mean, I saw it because, I mean, I would have seen it lot sooner, but it, it speaks to that inaccessibility. Like I, I work mm-hmm. for a community nonprofit. I ain't got Hamilton bucks, you know, <laughs> like right. if I was going to see it, it was going to be for $10 or for nothing. <laughs> right? Like or I'm not going to see it. I'm going to see it in my living room, like everyone else. But when I saw it, you know, it was just kind of like. I mean, I, I knew that I had to see it, but I, I, I wasn't like a diehard like that either. I don't know. Um, but you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda even said it. He said the reason, another reason why he decided to put it out like this is to, because people were using it as like a, a talking point, as an elitist talking point, like mm-hmm. I've seen it live or I've mm-hmm. seen the original Broadway cast. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? It's mm-hmm. on Disney Plus and everybody's seen the original Broadway cast. I he love was that. Like, Take it right out of their hands. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is about, like, this is my making the art accessible to everyone. It shouldn't and only be for the people who can afford it. Not to know? mention, so he, would do, he, it. he would do a lot of things like they used to have like, they would do <laughs> like the performances, I feel like at lunchtime outside of the theater for people waiting yes. online. Like Ham for he, him. He did his best. Yeah, the mixtape. When have you heard of a musical like theater show 
releasing a mixtape. Like never. No, <laughs> he he really Could did try to like bring cats? it and popularize it. Cats mixtape. Only if it was like only if it would have been like performed with actual cats. Like (laughs) oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm not a cats fan. I'm not a cats fan, period. That's just me. I'm you know, but same. It it just doesn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber, period, but um (laughs) I don't like any of that mess. Like real for real, real, real. But you know, <laughs> y'all like what surprised you about the film and about having like it basically a sight unseen because I remember the first time I the first time I see it let me not flex like that <laughs> but like when I saw uh-huh. it it was just like the plot holes that I filled in my head like how I kind of I feel like I made like a separate individual plot story for this that was very different from what I actually ended up seeing in the show and not oh, in a yeah. bad way, but it's really interesting how your mind plays tricks on you somehow, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, and I think I've heard that from people about how, like, they were like, wait a minute, how dare he? Or like, just, I don't know. What was your, what was your surprise? Punky, I'm asking you first. Oh man. Um, I don't know that I necessarily had any surprises cause I had researched it a lot. So like a lot of the things that had been saved for that, like weren't included in the cast recording or like choreography related, I kind of had an idea about, but I was like waiting to see the satisfied scene. Mm-hmm. Cause that song, mm. like that was my first favorite song. My favorite song changes. Cause like, they're so good, but that was my first favorite. And I remember like when I listened to it for the first time and you get the, to the rewind part, initially and mm. I was just like oh my god what's yes. about to go down yeah. yes. and then that yes. song is just like so fucking beautiful and heartbreaking and then finally getting to see it like I've listened and sung this song mm. like I know every single word and all to, like, the car yeah oh at the karaoke <laughs> bringing down the house they'd like to the little yes. rap and, oh that's my favorite and anyway. I, th- I, lo- I love the Miguel Queen Latifah version on the mixtape. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I think that I feel like he probably formulated Angelica's part around like a Queen Latifah, don't y'all think? Or because I know he's done that. Like Eminem is very clearly, or Lafayette is very clearly Eminem. Mm-hmm. Or Feliz Mulligan is Busta inspired. I should say. Mm-hmm. He, he has a lot of, uh, he, Hamilton himself is a lot of very B.I.G., Jay-Z-ish-ness, Mob Deep. Big pun. Right. Even Furious 5. What was the, the, the even sometimes I wonder when I bring him in the thunder, bring him in the thunder. Like it's very. Oh, what? You are so young. Oh my God. What? <laughs> You're so young. You don't even know the lyrics. I'm so bad at you. You're so young. No, I'm trying yes. to do. I'm doing like half lyric, like half Hamilton oh, lyric, I half half. Oh, um, putting them together. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Today, okay, you know what so blew my mind? Because every day, I this play, like it just takes over your brain, and you keep mulling it over like a fucking yep. Rubik to give. But like today, the proximity of of I Dream of Genie and my and my shot. Or not my shot. Or get up. What was it? Rise up. Y- y'all hear Ooh. it like it's rise up rise when you're up. living on your knees. Rise, rise up. up. Rise up. Oh, yeah. I never even thought Bikated. of that. Yeah. 
it's and then when the when she's like i am so into you i am so into yeah. you. it's very SW, yeah. swv like the whole trio of the skylar sisters feels very swv to me but doesn't that totally make sense with lynn manuel first of all mm-hmm. where he was raised he's in our generation age. he's he's my baby he's my age so he's our yeah, generation like, he's our generation but i'm saying i think he was born in 79, 70. No, I think he and I are the same age. I think he was born 1980. Oh, okay. Oh, is he a baby of the 80s? So if he's yeah, like he's learning, who are literally like splitting hairs? Like, <laughs> right? It's still the same generation. Okay, but what I'm saying is like the, a child born in 85 or 89 is not the same child that would remember the Boogie Down Bronx, who would remember the start of, of hip hop. Right. They, they would not have remembered it because they're not of an age that they would have experienced it at that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I think about Lin-Manuel and I think about his his influence, where he was born, where he was raised, and it's the start of hip hop is where rap started. And then he has all of these different influences. I mean, I would think it, it seemed like every single character had some kind of voice that, that that's what surprised me. When you talk about the thing that's surprising, it sounded like I knew each one of them. I remembered. Mm-hmm something they all sounded like someone i knew very, or i very reminiscent very reminiscent and like you an said example. yeah like busta well like she's saying like busta rhymes like mulligan i mean i'm thinking about what that like where did i know that but i didn't even put those two together until she just said like yeah hercules is kind of busta like yeah Mm-hmm. And you, when you think about the, uh, definitely Eminem, you, you can hear the kid. I mean, that mm-hmm. quick rapid fire kind of, of rapping is, is also Busta because he does that mm-hmm. as well. You know, that kind of rap. <laughs> but, but also like, like the every, nasally, like, you know, yeah. when he does like those same Sadie, like, that doesn't a wolf in. Like, it's very awesome, yeah. Eminem-y. Um, it is. What about you, TJ? What, or Scarby, what surprised you? When you wash the, when you dried up the tears or like wiped away the tears, you know what? I don't, I don't know that there was anything specifically that surprised me because this is something I basically had immersed myself into this fandom for mm. several years. So the only thing I would say that touched me, it didn't just surprise me, is that Lauren's uh, solo when Hamilton, well, when Eliza's reading the letter from uh, Lauren's father that he passed away. That's not on the soundtrack that we listen to. That's right. Like a, that's a part that's not in there. So I, I was expecting that because I had read about all of it. You know, I, I have the book that has all, all the script and everything because I'm a fan, but I hadn't heard it. But that was what touched me the most, seeing that part and that part being new because nothing at this point had been new to me with regards to this show. So having mm. seen that finally and having something new that had been introduced to me because I had finally seen it live. That was awesome to me. That was a surprise and it was a welcome surprise. And I was glad to finally have something maybe new that I hadn't touched yet because I touched every other part of this play. And if you think about it, it's such a like a, it's such a treat and so nice to have something that you haven't seen. Like everything goes so viral in this day and age and everyone sees everything. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to see something and you keep seeing it bombarded in your face through social media that Mm. having something that you've only heard and kind of in your mind's eye created a image to it and then having the film is so dope I really I love that about it I also love the 
I think what surprised me was just the different nuances that every blur or every Hamilton brings to the role. Um, like I, I loved how subtly and like relatable, how subtle and relatable Odom is, or, or you know, Burr. Yes, that's what oh. I was going to say. That was what was surprising because when you listen to it, it's so easy to make him the villain. It's so right. easy like to a, cheer against like him. a mustache twirling villain, and he's right, totally, totally one dimensional. It's it's weird because you it's like one dimensional villain. He's so bad, but then when you watch it, it's like shit, man. No, like. He wasn't bad. Right. And then the way, and then, I mean, I don't know how we're talking about this. Like, I don't want to give spoilers away. We're okay with that, right? Yeah. I, so, I, like, I, the way I, they did the whole ending when, in the scene where, he, when they, their duel, mm. I remember thinking so easily in my head, I made him such a jerk and such a villain. And then the way they staged it, I hadn't imagined it. And I felt awful for him. I felt awful because the way Odom played it, but then also just the way they had, I loved the turntable and the turntable mm-hmm. in the center of the, of the, and you got to see kind of it rotated from looking at Hamilton to looking at it from Burr's perspective. And he was so sympathetic and it was mm-hmm. like, he was devastated. We've been a immediately. Burr. We- we, we all have. <laughs> We've right? been, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speak for y'all, but I feel like I've been a bird more than I've been a Hamilton. Yeah. You know? Or I've been an Angelica more like than I've been a Pippa, thing. than I've been a, a, an Eliza. Too. Hey, Peggy. <laughs> yeah. Over here, Peggy. Yeah, and Peggy. <laughs> so, and Peggy. Which, that's speaking of, like, I was like, that must be the cushiest job ever until I realized that she is the woman. She's the other woman. Um, She's the other, the sexy girl, the sexy yes. uh, yeah. girl. And I wish we should have had more chances to sing because that girl's voice is. She's another vocal acrobat. Yeah. Wasn't it surprising because she went from that Peggy, that Peggy, baby, baby, sister Peggy voice. Yeah. And then it dropped this octave, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this is really reach this round, really rich sound. I was amazed. (laughs) Yes. Amazed by her voice. Who else was, who else were stand out? actors in your of course we're gonna talk about david diggs we're gonna talk about him <laughs> we're gonna talk about david diggs because he is everything in this world like he went so much swag he earned that tony so he much. earned it Amazing. he earned that tony he is in the guinness book of world workers for the fastest rap on broadway facts well, wow. and ships. but yeah and, um, i believe it guns and ships the uh, uh um what's the other one right hand man yeah yeah, and, and that, like, uh, the athleticism, <laughs> the athleticism, the control that it takes to like control your lungs and have the air to be able to do that while jumping around mm-hmm. and dancing and dance at the same time. Yeah, incredible. That's incredible. So, I loved Anthony Ramos. I thought I thought I always thought he was not cute because I before seeing the movie, I was like, he's not cute at all because I saw him. You, he was in. She's got to have it. Spike Lee's. Yes. Um, oh, because but he played like Mars or something. Like, he was, yes, he played he was Mars. So he was, a, he was yeah. supposed to be nerdy and ugly. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm feeling it for him. And then as soon as he was on stage, I was like, oh, oh Lorenzo, wait, though. <laughs> that was like one of my first tweets. I was like, David Diggs and, An- and Anthony Ramos are so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> like, oh they God, are so beautiful. <laughs> And the freckles like totally went from being nerdy and ugly to oh my gosh, these freckles though. 
He was so, so cute. Him to me was what I identified the most with in the film. Mm -hmm. And well, I, you know, in the, in terms of like the New York-ness about this play, like Mm -hmm. the, the, that's what I'm talking about. Or like the, Mm -hmm. it's showtime. Like those are such clutch New York sayings and like the mannerisms, the hairstyle. That kid is from Bushwick. Like I looked him up on IMDb or Ricky or whatever. And he is just, he like, like he personifies like what out of borough like latino young guys are like that swagger all of them and that was just like there's like this subtle undertone of like love for that uptown and like outer borough nyc mm-hmm. like life and culture the caribbean the diasporic nature of it and the sounds like it's just he even has like a song where he's like new york is the best in the summertime and it's so tr- like it's facts like this is someone someone who wrote this like ha- was born and raised here it felt and i love that about this play but yeah what were your qualms about with it <sighs> um i think at some point I think it might have been Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> at some point. Sometimes I feel like he might have been overacting. But mm. then I remember it's just this theater and you have to reach the person that's in the far back with your expressions and your manners. And so, of course, it's going to be big. It's going to be a little bit extra. So I gave him a pass for that. But um, if it had been just a movie and he were like, and he were performing like that, I'm like, why is he so extra? This is a movie. Mm. This is not Broadway. But again, that's the art. So it's supposed to be huge. It's supposed to be ornate and, you know. You bring up a good point because that's the very, I feel like that's the conflict between the theater and the film, right? Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't typically get to like the, the, I felt like the phone was very deliberate in pointing out what you should be looking at. Whereas when you're in the theater at a musical, you're like looking all over your eye is like yeah. trying to take everything in, absorb everything. And so right. that's, that's really interesting. What about the rest of the, all? that's the you- part that, that's the part that I didn't like when you're, when you come up when you say it that way i think you know when you're in a broadway show and you're watching the director is sort of telling you where to look the with lighting or mm. with sound and they're sort of directing where you look but you still have the opportunity to see everything and to make your own kind of well i'm really interested in what's happening in this part of the play you get to see these small nuances i you okay i i was in when i was on when I was doing what I was doing, there was this one little transaction as the bag lady that I always would have with Mark underneath one of the one of the stage props. And it was just something he and I did every night where, I, you know, he's selling me a little, I'm trying to sell him a little bag of weed and dope and blah, blah, blah. But it was this thing that he and I had every night and it made the richness of the show because there was these individual little things happening, right? But when they're directing it, that's the hard part because I couldn't see everything. Yeah. I'm seeing what they wanted me to see. You know I what I mean? I felt that dilemma too. Cause like, it on one hand was so cool to be able to see the like close-ups during the solos and like get to like really be in that emotion. But I was so excited to be able to see the choreography of the show. And so like those moments where it's only focused on one person, I'm just like, but what's happening everywhere else? Because it's such a complex show. And I've been like reading about all of the like ensemble members too, and how they all are, are very intentional and purposeful in their movements and like interactions and stuff. So I want to be able to take all of that in. Um, So yeah, I definitely agree there. You know, on the, but on the other hand, like, I feel like 
that's one thing that to his credit, like Lin Manuel, he's very like he the little he's very charismatic. Like his eyes are so expressive. I think mm-hmm. that I don't know that that would have been as noticeable to me had I not had all those like close ups on him, you know, um, mm-hmm. like the when he's crying, the, when he's singing the song to his son or, you know, then they both are like, oh, it's just like, oh, my goodness, let me let me go like have a million children now. Like, like <laughs> it's just, you know, and like his, yeah. And, or like when they were like, when he was like, um, he named her, named her Tom cat after me. It's true. Like, it's just like the little, like the subtleties, a little, the little quirks I loved about it. Oh, you know what my qualm was, was the like throwaway lines to like slavery that mm. appear mm. every now and again, like Sally, be a deer, come here. Oh, like the Thomas Jefferson, I was like, <laughs> like, can we not like, take Sally Hemings name out of your mouth? Like, you know, for all like, time, like bad enough that he's like Thomas Jefferson is played by the most like charismatic, you know, actor in the entire play. But like, can we not <laughs> like, um, yeah. or the, yeah. And they were like, like, they were just passing mentions to like racism that felt very like crowbarred in not racism, mm-hmm. uh, slavery. And I just, it was like, for what? Like, I wish, I wish it hadn't. Or like when the, you know, the women were like, we'll be included in the sequel. It's like, no, <laughs> just no, like, you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not for another 200 years. We pipe down. Seriously. So, and it felt Don't like, you feel like he felt like he had to wedge those in because he knew, I mean, Lynn has to know that this history is super, super complicated. And so I think, I mean, that was the one other issue that I had with it where they, where they say something about Hamilton says something to him about, well, you, we know who's doing the work, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, cause you have the free labor, but it's like, he, that's like such a one off just one little, you know, mm-hmm. line. It's it wasn't enough for it to 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 matter one way or another. But it was almost like he included it to make Hamilton more sympathetic. More woke. Does that make sense? More <laughs> woke. woke when he yeah. wasn't as woke as we may all like he to really have thought. Wasn't. He was he was you for manumission, which was you know yeah. he was like a, he was a complete opportunist. His whole yeah. thing was about making sure that, that he took the time to create his legacy because he absolutely he absolutely came from nothing. And his whole goal was Mm -hmm. to create a name for himself that will outlive him and to make sure that he writes his name in history. So everything that he did was to satisfy that goal. So he was like, okay, I'm going to align myself whoever I need to align myself with. I'm going to go to war. I'm going to write letters for George Washington. I'm going to do what I have to do because guess what? I've come from nothing and I don't have much time because he has this whole thing with time. Even in my shot when he was like, "Um, see, I never thought I'd live past 20 where I come from. Some get half as many. So that's what that's what he's his his motivation. Mm. That's that's what's moving him. And that's so hip hop when you People think about it. To, exactly right. Like, so I don't have hip-hop. much time to leave my mark. Let me go ahead and do what I got to do now. That's why I write like I'm running out of time because that's what you know. Basically, that's that's how I feel. Yeah. So all of this mm-hmm. stuff is is uh is very calculated. So he says things and does things because he has an end goal, an end agenda. You know, and if you're in his way, then you just gonna get, get run over, Aaron Burr, because <laughs> I don't have much time. Right. That's, and that's how I, that's my that's mm. my take on it. Anyway. And Aaron was the opposite. <laughs> Aaron was the wait for it guy, right? The, yeah. The thing is, and there's a time like and place for both of them, right? Sides, right, because they were both orphans. They were different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Aaron Burr was an orphan who was who inherited a lot of money. 
uh, Hamilton was an orphan who came from absolutely nothing. So they're so they're both coming into this situation the same but different. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, ah, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not that in much of a rush. Aaron Burr is like, eh, it's not that, you know, eh, I'll stand by, I'll wait for it. Hamilton's like, I'm not going to be here for very long. So I have a lot to do. Yes. So, and then that's where I think a lot of his, his conflict came from because he was like, listen, why are you just standing around? We've got stuff to do. We don't have time. And Aaron Burr's like, yeah, we do. We've got plenty of time. Yes. <laughs> I don't get you. I don't get you. If we think about Hamilton's like life and his life path, it follows the arc of hip hop too. If you think about mm-hmm. hip hop being an art form with roots in the Caribbean and coming up through New York and then, you know, taking right on a life out. of its own. Exactly. Or Obama and other people, people often bring up the point that this was written squarely in the middle of the Obama administration and mm-hmm. how it has a very sort of post-racial member that <laughs> kind of, glean to it like you know and then I was just watching this undefeated special that he's talking about he his whole inspiration was like America then with America now meaning mm-hmm. America then played by America now the mm-hmm. people of color being the present and future acting yeah. as if the, the now wasn't there then <laughs> we've always been right. here but we didn't exist back then we right. just arrived a few years ago no. <laughs> he acted like we just jumped in um, i don't know like i think that that like phrase is complex because yeah we we've always been here they're just our stories aren't as fun to tell in that time period in most mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Um, or let me just say one more thing like or the, the like the immigrants we get the job done like all of them were immigrants natives Everybody. where were the natives <laughs> and the no. natives weren't, weren't the only immigrants you know like technically if you were born there you were still an immigrant like unless you were native unless you were an indigenous person at that time you weren't trying yeah. to hear about no independence or like <laughs> or settling or creating nation building they yeah. had their nations. <laughs> like, like y'all stumbled on here. We we were good until y'all got here. I'm saying that's enough stuff. <laughs> but you were yeah, saying I'm sorry, Punky. I I cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, just like I don't know. I feel like watching it though. I totally bought into like the representation of it. Like I was like seeing Angelica. I was just like, oh my god, look at all of this melanin on the mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. And like that was totally a part of like what caught me in the moment because I told I cried like. As soon as I sat on the couch to press play, I was like, it's happening. And <laughs> it was, it was so cool. I saw this like sweet video of this little um, like Asian American girl mm-hmm. who was like watching this uh, show with her family. And when Eliza comes on stage, she's like, it's me. And I just like ball every time I see it. Cause mm. it's just so sweet. And I think of like kids now that are like coming up in Broadway and like mm. getting to see the show and like what that means for them is huge. Absolutely. It's, it's huge. It, you know, the thing that's so sad is like, uh, I guess the only <laughs> coming up as an actor and especially in America and especially the time that I came up, you got the door shut in your face often because you didn't look like the part. And the part never looked like you. Mm-hmm. And when um, I was in college, I remember one of my professors telling me, Carmen, you're not going to hit your sweet spot for another 20 to 30 years. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you're young and you're black, but you've got a huge voice. And so you're going to play, you know, the mamas. 
and yes. you're going to play those, the, the, you know, when you look at ragtime and there's a none at all coal house and you're mm. going to play those people, you're not going to play Sarah. You're going to play, you know, the big, the big ladies and the they don't trope. want those the, correct. And I remember thinking in my life, like, well, shoot, I have to wait 20 to 30 years to get the kind of work that will sustain a career. And then watching Hamilton, I thought, see, they didn't have to wait. They never had to wait. It was always a choice. Lin-Manuel Miranda was very, was very deliberate when he did In the Heights. He was very deliberate mm-hmm. when he did Hamilton. He said, mm-hmm. if I want to be in this industry, I'm not going to be able to be in anything but West Side Story or what have you. I'm going to have to write the role that I can be in, and then I can have the control over who plays these roles so we can get more representation. He was very deliberate. Scarby, we had a Virgo mind meld moment because I was literally about to say that same point. He literally had to, no, he literally had to write the role for himself. Otherwise, he never would have been casted as a lead in this play had he not written it. Yeah, I don't. I disagree. I think this this play written by any other person, they would have been happy to have cast everyone as white. And what I'm saying oh, is, yeah, sure. yeah. And so that's what I'm saying that oh, back yeah, when they was you. telling black people they could only play this role, they right. always it, it, the whole cast. I mean, the whole cast of Cats could have been black. The whole cast of Phantom on the Opera could have been Latinx. It, 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 it they could have always done it, but because mm-hmm. it was his show, he created it. He was able to cast it as he wanted. And that was the best part of watching this. But you know what else? I I agree with you, but there's also the added layer of the music and the the dance. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that only could have been written by a person of color, I feel. No way. He said, do you think a bunch of white guys could have done Hamilton? No way. Get real. Not going to happen. It would have, it would not have had nearly the impact. I feel like that's part of the distaste for people and the inaccessibility to musical theater. Like they, Mm. they just think of it as like jazz hands and ragtime (laughs) and you know what I mean? Like they don't really see anything for them. (laughs) Jazz hands. I'm going to kick you so hard. (laughs) Like that's what I think of. (laughs) And I'm a cheerleader too. So I'm all about the jazz hands. It was true. Like kickball chain. (laughs) Life. And grapevine. And grapevine. Exactly. (laughs) And when they do fucking like do anything Latinx representation, they get it wrong. Like why the hell is a play about Puerto Ricans include mariachi music? America, you know, Thing. America, <laughs> yeah. West Side Story. That's that's mariachi. That has nothing to do with Puerto Ricans, just so you know. But so so yeah. So it literally had to come from his pen, and for us to find ourselves and see ourselves the way that we deserve to be seen. And I feel like some people are complaining about it. They're like, "Ah, oh, there's hip hop. This is whack or whatever." This dude is like in his forties. He's not about to do some trap. Like, like yeah. what do you expect? <laughs> trap musical. I'm saying, and that he's should that should also we can do trap music, the musical. It's the to write it. I feel like he's opened the portal for people, for the people coming up who's like inspired for by him and want to mm-hmm. create the the next Hamiltons of their time, you know? I thought that uh, the- I think he was he was out. I mean, I'm I'm biased, of course, but I think Lynn was also inspired by Jonathan Larson. You know, Jonathan Larson yes. writes a play that's just about gay, queer, trans mm-hmm. people of color. Mm-hmm. And he always you know, writes him as an influence. Yeah, Even in the and song, so um, on the there's a in the Hamilton mixtape, there's a song called "I Write My Way Out," 
And uh, he yeah. has a line, like, he was like, I'm running out like Jonathan Larson's rent check. Like, he always, yeah, exactly. like, alludes yeah, to influences. Yeah. So he has, he's that. had that. You, you can see that. It's very sure. referential. He I'm is. Like, and he gives, and it's reverence. And he, it's like, you know, he gives, there's a certain respect that he gives. But, like, you know, you think about he wrote this for all these people of color. But people have been doing that forever. What was it about Hamilton? And let, let, And this is my theory. What was it about Hamilton that made it different? You know, because, I mean, Dreamgirls was also written mostly for people of color, right? Mm -hmm. Did it do the same thing that Hamilton did? Rent, all the characters except two white dudes are people of color and or Mm -hmm. trans and or queer. And, you know, it did this crazy, crazy. It it also was a phenomenon. I don't Mm -hmm. know. What is the difference between Hamilton and any of those other plays that have that have made it so much better? I think the difference is that it is uh, reminiscent and it reminds mm-hmm. people of something that they love. It reminds you of the hip hop that you grew up with. It reminds you of uh, the songs or the, even like um, things like I am the AL, EX, AND. Like you remember that from mm, Vicky. I love that. Ah! <laughs> so all those things are very, the, a lot of the, everything is so reminiscent. It gives you a sense of familiarity and familiarity breeds comfort. So you find comfort in that. And that's why, and that's my theory. Nostalgia. That's the theory. That's the reason why I feel like Hamilton has become such a phenomenon because there's familiarity behind it and we find comfort in that. We were due. I, I, I don't think that we've I think had it's a, a play I in think a while it's fami- like that. We have. Well, I, I mean, I think it's also the familiarity, like you're saying, Scarby, about this story. This story mm-hmm. is something that, and I'm, I mean, just put it out there. White America says this is our story, right? Mm-hmm. This is an American story. This belongs to us. This is American mm-hmm. history. And so there's so much more passion and care and concern over this story and how it's portrayed. Whereas maybe Rent, you know, I don't know no druggies. I don't know nobody with HIV or AIDS. I don't know anybody who's queer. This story is not my story per se. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Hamilton is, quote unquote, our story, America's story. And I feel like people put so much more weight into it because they felt that it was portraying uh, American history. And Lynn kind of put a little switcheroo on him. You know, he slid, a little, slid, some, slid some color up in there. Some soul, you know I mean? some soul into it. Right. Some, right. some old base on it. Some adobo. He did. It was a slice on it. Some He put a little tahini on there. He put it Mm-hmm. But wait, y'all. But like again, I I got as you're talking, Coco. I have to come back to the Obamas and the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. And it's like it has. I feel like it's it's all wrapped in that same sort of idealism and like rethinking America's story with like the first mm-hmm. black family in the White House. Doesn't it feel like it has that sort of like crisp, shiny idealism? Um, mm-hmm. to it, like that, kum- also that rethinking of our revolutionary. Idea. I heard you say you was about to say kumbaya. I well, heard you. <laughs> <laughs> let me just read, let me read Jumpy McGee's um quotes. I asked her for some Hamill thoughts since she couldn't be here with us. Oh, Jumpy. Jumpy. 
And she said, I think where I've struggled is the appreciation for the art piece that it is and the mass consumption who misses the point for uh, they're thinking Mm -hmm. like, just like, dude, it's rapping history, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, hardly recognizing the irony of a POC cast playing out the whitewashed founding of our country and Mm. also the continued invisibility of indigenous peoples. So... Yeah, they were completely written out. There was no mention at all yeah, of at all. indigenous people at all. And that's, and that's that disconcerting because that we're talking about erasure now mm-hmm. of a whole group of people who were here already. Mm-hmm. Okay, your, your war landed on land that was already occupied, but mm-hmm. they weren't written in this, they weren't written in this art piece. But in, in his defense, I will say this, this is an art piece. You know, it's not a history lesson. If you're looking at a Broadway musical for a history lesson, you've already lost because Mm -hmm. this is for entertainment Mm -hmm. with smacks of, you know, history. You know, the primary goal is to present an art piece. And the power and privilege of of history, of who gets to write the history that's shown on Broadway. Exactly right. It's not everyone. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Right. And, And also just like the idea that this is a second, like peace like um he wasn't going to get a hamilton sort of response from his first like as a like a starting you know yeah, yeah, um, starting yeah. out at, you know play right and what have you like this is someone who already had a platform who was already trusted who had like the mm-hmm. the the contacts in the industry that was able to bring this about too right and i think in the middle of it didn't yeah. it wasn't it like was it after Hamilton that um, Lin Manuel won the Genius Grant, or was it before? But you know, he was, was already after. a known name. He's already I a think very it was known after. quantity. You know, what? I take that back. It might have been after In the Heights because In the Heights won all those Tonys too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a, a Broadway darling. You know, another groundbreaking piece. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm like, yeah. I mean, before Hamilton was even a finished show, he performed like the what we know now as like Alex. Andrew Hamilton mm-hmm. at the White House. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, so like he was in there, you know. So I feel like, so like at the Kennedy the Center or something. Like he was. Like, yeah, he was doing the White House Poetry Slam, and he mm. when he did the introduction. He said, "I'm gonna do a piece I've been working on, and it's about you know it's about the most hip hop dude you know I think you know of all time, first Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton." And everybody started laughing, and he was like, "You laugh now." And now look at now, how many years later, we're talking yeah. about, you know, the whole piece now, not just the, he, he built the whole show around that song. And he was, I remember seeing it on YouTube yeah, and being like, wow, that's, that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And then sort of forgetting about it because it took him a whole, you know, six years to finish it. So it was out of my head by the time it came out. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that, that guy with the, he was at the Obama's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I do. I definitely remember that after, but it was one of those things that, that I saw and then it, it left because it's, it, again, it took him six years to finish the whole piece, the whole mm-hmm. Hamilton piece. You know? And he was like, he, he was like lyricist, playwright. Like he did all of the things. Everything. Mm-hmm. He, he pulled the Tyler you know, Perry. It's funny. I was thinking about what Jumpy just said. You know how Jumpy is talking about how they like, <laughs> Jumpy said they wrote everyone like all the indigenous people out of it or they just didn't write them into it and how the people who like appreciate it the most or who love Hamilton the most 
kind of missed the point of it. Mm. I was just ta- thinking about, you know, four, uh, you know, POC queer women <laughs> on a chat talking about how we were working so hard to get to try to see this show mm. and, and how important that was. And then I think about, I mean, I'm not sounding like a jerk. I think about all my white friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, we saw it 12 times. Oh, we saw it. Yeah, we saw it. But right? you're not even a fan. You're not right. even you a fan, but times. it became, you know why? Because it became a status symbol. Okay. The show yeah. in and of itself became a commodity and a way of showing your status, which is mm-hmm. so crazy that in and of itself, it turned upon itself to be like, okay, well, the the Karens and Chads of the world have taken their six-year-olds to see this play four or five times, and they've flown all over the world to do this, and it absolutely shows a certain amount of status, and it just kind of is totally against what the whole thing was about, but it's so ironic. This is why he he made it, put it out for everybody. Right. And he was like, well, guess what? Now, all, now everybody's seen the original Broadway cast because that was the thing. Like, I've seen the original Well, he cast. said in the in this, like, special that, like, the, that it was called, it's kind of like a restaurant that they served this play to, like, 1,300 people each night for, like, five years. Yeah. But more people are going to see it in the, on the July 3rd, 4th, and 5th than did in those five years of, you know, 1,300 mm-hmm. people each Absolutely. night combined. <laughs> like, that's Absolutely. the power of, of cinema, right? And film and accessibility to film. And, um, and I think that that's a net positive because also think about all the opportunities of like film, you know, film and TV that the actors in that, in Hamilton are going to have now, you know, that mm-hmm. people that never get them. everywhere. Yeah. I see them all on SVU and in movies and all types of stuff. David, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna talk about him again because I, I love him. You he's know, he was great. in. You know, he does TV. He's been in SBU. He's been on. He was on the um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He's done movies. He was in Wonder. You know, and you know, he has his own rap career, and he does. You know, he's a Tony Award winner. So he's just an all-around, well-rounded artist. He's an all-around artist, and mm-hmm. I just stand for him so hard. I just love him. I love his whole life. I'm here for him. <laughs> his whole life. <laughs> I, we have writers, musicians, and activists on this call. What did y'all take from it, from those, like, with those hats on? I think there are just, like, so many good nuggets of, like, protest songs within mm-hmm. <laughs> Hamilton. It's beautiful. Like, I was listening to, I love listening to Yorktown and just, yes. like, when the chorus comes in and it's, like, the world turned upside down and just, like, having that, like, hope for change and, like, getting to see it and, like, I don't know. I just kind of like hope that we get to have that moment now <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with this like upcoming election. Like, let's turn it back up <laughs> or like right yes. side up. <laughs> History having its eyes on you. Like, yeah. um, oh, I love your town. The violins take me out every single time. I get chills all over. But after Hercules Mulligan's rap, uh, Hercules Mulligan, I need no introduction. That whole part, I'm like, ah! I'm I like, yes! So <laughs> I love, 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 love it. Love it. Um, from an activist standpoint, the, uh, again, the, there are lots of fantastic things, and you see on in the protests now on signs things like "History has its eyes on you," or um, you know things of that nature, or um, "Rise up," or "This is not a moment; it's a movement." All those yeah. sort of things that came from the show are actively 
being projected in actual protests right now. And I think that's amazing as well. Um, I'm just, and you know, I'm all about representation primarily and above all. And what this play has done for representation and access, not just representation, but having the access to actually see it and see yourself on a stage, a Broadway play about the founding fathers, people who look like me, mm-hmm. it's monumental. It's monumental. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand, you know, regardless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, from from an activist standpoint and from uh, a person who's created safe spaces uh, from that point of view uh, this is everything that it lives up to be to me it lives up to the hype absolutely it does Carmen, Coco um, I guess what I really take from it and, and as, a, as an actress I would say the same thing that the representation is is outstanding it's outlandish that you know a young girl who may be going out to try out or audition for a show right now doesn't necessarily have to only audition for the big black girl or the brown girl in the in the show mm-hmm. and this gives so many different people the opportunity to say i can prove to you that i can be this person that i can do this work and um so as an actress i love that as an activist um I'm still angry. <laughs> I stay pretty angry because I I do feel like people like most things, like the Bible, like any other piece of history, they look at it and they look to it to give them ideas about what what is real and what is true. And for people to come from uh, from the musical and get from it that Hamilton was like an abolitionist or something like that, that makes me a yeah. little bit upset. That makes me a little upset. You and I, the four of us know that because we're, we're educated and, and we want to know that kind of information. But I think just general Joe public maybe doesn't want to know that information. They just see this as another hailing of a, of a great leader within America. So that, that mm-hmm. takes me off a little bit, but I do. I also stand for it because without it, um, I think a lot of people, like we said, I came from listening to the lyrics. And so I listened to it before I saw it. And you have to listen to these words mm-hmm. so, so carefully. And if you listen to these words so carefully, or as many, as many of my friends did, they put on the subtitles when they watched the movie. This is what we are living. We are living this now. And to mm-hmm. see these, like the back deals where you see Jefferson, you see these people go into the, okay, let's have this negotiation. That's truly what happens in this world. You know, the Republicans and Democrats do not necessarily fight against one another. They are having these conversations off camera, behind the doors. They're having these talks to decide what they're willing to concede, what they're willing to give up, and what they're willing to compromise in order to get what they want. And the lyrics of this show say all of that. But people oh, power have to pay functions. attention and see it. Yes. How power functions. Punky, I didn't want, did you want to add, or are you good with your answer? No, I think I'm good. Okay, so I <laughs> wanted to also, what I, t- again, yeah, I definitely the writer in me like found so much inspiration in writing my way out and, you know, mm-hmm. being a girl Absolutely. from the Bronx and trying to make it in, you know, writing and being a writer and trying to find that muse and inspiration and seeing a Latino helm this production was something that was just mind blowing to me. I love just the serendipity of it dropping right now in the midst of the BLL movement and how, 
like it was it was it was also it was an it was a needed reminder about these ideals that were we've always espoused and we've always tried but always fallen short of to in the play as well as in history I think and but I also feel like this play is like it's like a I think of it as like a living being in that its flaws are also part of its beauty like people that Mm -hmm. try to pick it apart no that's not what this is for and I agree and echo all of you in terms of like I wish that this kind of had like a surgeon general warning like seek out the source material don't take this as a documentary (laughs) don't take this (laughs) history like don't take this literally this is a fan fiction version of history absolutely (laughs) I forgot I think it was that's a perfect description of it too Mm -hmm. crystals from the I was like, the minute that I saw that people of color were on here and they weren't playing slaves, I knew that this was wasn't you know real life fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> she knew it wasn't historical. Yeah, and but I also want to point a little bit about the the activist community, like in the social, you know, the social thinkers um, amongst us, especially on social media, the concept of like holding up our creators of color and like holding up, holding them up to this like incredibly difficult, unfair, like sort of, you have to be perfect as a human being. And I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda was like being raked over the coals and criticized over some of the stuff that like even his father has done as a political consultant hmm. and what have you. And it's like, first of all, I feel like I get it that everyone, I think everyone's desire for all of, for Hamilton to include everything and be absolutely perfect, be, include everyone speaks to the necessity of more of like the scarcity that... <laughs> <laughs> that exists in terms of like mm-hmm. representation and visibility but it's also like it's just like everyone was like you know his father like I will I, and I'm not gonna say that he isn't infallible because I feel that Lin-Manuel Miranda really shouldn't have put on the Hamilton production after Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico like that soon after I feel like that mm-hmm. was that was a decision that was ill thought of I think I, he may have wanted to like be like the show goes on and stuff like that but I don't know so but you know, was that, wasn't it like because it was like a fundraiser for the arts for the uh, theater arts uh, it'd be something like that but it was like, like he did it in the University of Puerto Rico and they took over right. and I think the students wanted that space at that time especially needed it because they were trying to rebuild and recover and so mm. yeah it was behind. Yeah, okay. exactly. I don't know if y'all have any sort of recommended resources after this. After this play, I happen to start watching Roots, the the reboot Ooh, of yes, the Alex Haley yes, yes. on Hulu, and I thought it was really. It's actually a really great watch in terms of um, getting like a flip side about that same sort of era mm-hmm. of time told from slavery told about exclusively about slavery and it's also a work of fiction too so I feel like they're kind of like bookends to a certain extent and I feel like it's really it's raw like I I haven't seen the original I saw the the 2016 version and but it's five parts it's like eight hours it's it's very good it's just original watching LeVar Burton makes a little cameo (laughs) like he's like pushing a barrel (laughs) in a new room yeah (laughs) no no yeah original like, a, like, like a like a quick like little like five seconds or okay yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> amazing anyway so so i recommend people watch that that would be my recommendation does anyone have any sort of recommendations uh, that they feel like they want to they want to um, 
Yeah, I think on. they should read the book by Ron Chernow, the book mm. that Lin-Manuel Miranda read mm-hmm. to get his inspiration to write it. You know, he yeah, was I, a consultant, right? Like, he, yeah. yeah, he, he on, was actually on play, brought yeah. on on the play. Right. And he still, get, and he still gets his chips for it. So, right. you know, I'm Isn't sure he, he's secretly grateful to Lin-Manuel Miranda for bringing it to life and, and uh, putting some coins in his pocket. Because I don't know anybody who would just be randomly picking up a book about Alexander Hamilton Mm-hmm. Had it not been for this play, he's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, "Yay, thank you, thanks a lot." Um, but yeah, read the book that the uh, play was based upon. Uh, that will be, uh, I think, that will be a pretty solid resource because that is the the text that he used to, to mm-hmm. get the ideas. Now, of course, some of the things are sensationalized in the play, but the book, the actual text, those things are true. Yep. So go, uh, and it also, I mean, Google is free. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, Google's free. You can Google Alexander Hamilton and find a whole bunch of books about it, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> or articles or what have you. Yep. I think the um, the PBS documentary that they did about Hamilton mm-hmm. is really great. And it's interesting, too, because they talked to all of the actors and, like, about the complexities of them playing the Founding Fathers. And they get to go to, like, all these historical sites in, like, D.C. and New York. Um and just kind of learn the history firsthand, and like also taking another one called a complexity. One shot to Broadway. Is that the, is that what it's called? Hamilton one shot. Um, one shot to Broadway. Something to that effect. I'm not sure. I, is that I one? It's totally like I'm t- I can't think of the title right now. I just remember it was on PBS, and it was like a big deal when it came out because it was like right mm-hmm. around the time that they had film started filming, or that they had filmed the what is now Hamilton. But it was like to kind of get people excited for that. And I was like, I'm already excited, but I will still want. But yeah, I think that is just a really good look at the comparing the art form versus the history and getting to see like the actors talk about it. And Lin-Manuel Miranda like gets to go into like the history archives and like see some of Hamilton's letters, um, like first like the actual versions of them and like Hamilton's handwriting. It's so cool. Coco, we're talking about references. Or re- recommends the resources. I was like resources i you know i hate to echo scarvey but i would also say you know anybody can google anything yes and so <laughs> i would i i would say instead of watching no in addition to watching fiction look for the real real stories mm-hmm. uh it we don't look at any of the movies about Sally Hemings because they all romanticize this re- relationship with her and Jefferson. Mm. We all know that was bullshit, BS. Don't look at any of those movies because those are all fiction. Read truly about Sally Hemings and what her life was and see the real pictures about the small quarters she was kept in and how she was treated by Jefferson. And the story of Cinque, they made a movie, Amistad, about Cinque and the, the, yes, and the the slaves who revolted. This is during the same period, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just go by the movie. I would say, look up Cinque, look up who he is, what his people did. And that can give you a small glimpse into what our ancestors, our forefathers were actually thinking about. Um, slavery and about black people during that time. It wasn't all about, oh, we want to give them freedom. We want to free them. A lot of it was monetarily based and had a lot of other motives behind it. So that's what I would say. And last but not least, hit me with your Hamilton astrological signs. 
who who is your sun who is your moon and who is your rising of the cast oh shoot That's I don't hard. know enough I about think, astrology I, to know what my rising and moon and all of that is. I know. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you mine. My my uh sun is. Explain what they are first. For, as you, I'm a, I'm a well. My sun uh, sign. Explain what the sun rising and moon are as you explain. I don't know. Yours. You don't. No, I don't know. Ma'am, <laughs> I dare you. Let, birth chart. let me do it then. <laughs> they all represent facets of your personality. However, the sun is your overall one. Your moon is your inner sort of personality and how you think and how you perceive the world. And your rising is how the world perceives you. Okay, mm. so my sun would be, wait, my overall will probably be somewhere between Hercules Mulligan, who's always ready to like sort of like pop off, you know, with the, <laughs> you know, with the energy, like that's me with the Hercules Mulligan. And also kind of, um, in a, he kind of stands like in the background a little bit and he's like listening. He's a listener because he's a spy, a secret spy. So people are talking all around him and they don't know he's listening, but he's internalizing. That's kind of how I am. I like to listen. I do a lot of listening regardless of how much I talk, but I do listen sometimes so i'm internalizing like you don't think i hear you but i hear you back there and i hear everything you're saying that's that's kind of like me my hercules morgan my inner will probably be hamilton because i i do like to write and i do have this issue with uh, time and when to do a whole lot of things at the same time and uh when to do a lot you know and wanting to leave my mark on this planet in some way shape or form how people see me it could be. I, I don't know. I can't care how people see me, honestly. Um, they might they might see me as an Aaron Burr. They might see me as a Hamilton. They might see me as a, a Lawrence, you know, or a, a, maybe like a, I don't know. I can't, I can't call it. I don't know how people will probably see me. Maybe one of y'all can answer that <laughs> for me, <laughs> since y'all on the outside looking in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a, I don't know. I don't have a thought for once. You're very, you're very outgoing. I would, I would almost be tempted to call you a, a Lafayette. You know what? You know she likes that. that. An energetic uh, Lafayette. You know she likes that. <laughs> I'm taking this horse by the ring into the red coast. No, you know what? You know what? Oh, snap. Okay. Well, now I'm like second guessing it because I, you said it yourself on this very podcast about how you are a George Washington. How you I, You things. know what? Wow. You, I am the George. I am kind of like a George Washington in that one sort of, sort of scenario. I, I was like George Washington where I didn't want to, if I had stayed on running the network and not anyone else had taken over it then it could have fallen apart if it's only one person in charge everybody has to have a chance to sort of be a leader and that's why Aww. i said i was kind of like george washington because i was first of all tired and he was tired. He said, i've been doing this shit for 45 years i'm done y'all got y'all got it now y'all good we laid down the groundwork we, we set all the rules y'all could take the reins right cool i'm the gonna go elder, chill the big sister yeah you are a total george washington i'm giving you <laughs> so you are a george that, I'll take that. yeah you're a george hammy ham or no Hulk, uh, yeah i Hercules. said hamilton was my inner and yeah. i said uh, hercules Dope. was my uh <laughs> hercules <laughs> overall yeah i love it okay who's next coco funky um i think i got mine I'm just, so my normal astrology, I, I have the same sun and rising, Leo. And so I feel like what I, you get what you see. 
So I'm going to follow that pattern for this. And I don't know, I feel like I have a lot of Hamilton qualities and just like kind of his drive and like just doing things. I love to write. Serving the people. Yeah. And then I feel like my moon sign would be Eliza because just like, I feel like she's like very sweet and like so so focused on her family and, but also like so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I feel like I hope to be an Eliza. <laughs> yes. So a double Eliza, a double hammy with an Eliza on the inside. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Coco, you ready or should I go? I think I would probably say, so like who I, who I relate most to would probably be Lorenz. Because hmm. I'm ready to fight. I'm always yes. ready to fight. That's what like, I'm talking about. Always <laughs> ready right. to fight. And I may go burn. I may, you know, crash and burn and fall into a pit of fire, but I was ready to fight. And so I'd say probably Lorenz, but then my mood, my inner inner would probably be Eliza um, trying to be devoted and keep all my stuff together, my family and, very, very forgiving, forgiving sometimes to my, to my own detriment. And, and maybe I think, and then what was the last one? So it's your sun, your moon and your rising. Yeah. Yeah. Probably King George. People think I'm a little little bit of a dictator. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't kill my friends and family. Don't my I don't, I'm just saying I told you so though. I do say that. that a lot. I say I told you so a lot. Like I warned you. I told you You'll be so. Back. You may be, be back. back. <laughs> You'll be back. <laughs> yes. So I feel like I think Angelica is my my sun sign. Mm-hmm. That sort of like never be satisfied and sort of like sacrificing yourself for, for, you know, loved ones, like putting them before me, but also Mm. super intelligent, super with it, just her own woman. So I think that she's my son. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And Burr is my moon that I feel like I felt like, so like identified with Burr, like, Oh, like to the Hamiltons of my world. Like I just want to do good and I just want to like be smart and like be prepared and like do all the things and still like screw the pooch. <laughs> like in the end. you know what I mean? Like I just he made him so sympathetic that I, I see a lot of burr. And my rising, hmm, who is my rising? I don't know. I feel yeah, I'm I'm not sure who my rising is. Maybe And Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> and Peggy and Peggy and Peggy and Peggy no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding and Peggy I don't know no, I don't know I feel like you might be like a um you might be like a Hamilton because he's the one that brought everybody together mm-hmm. yeah. so, and you're and you're doing that mm-hmm. you know thank you y'all right now and you, you do this with, with with your voice and with your with your platform with your with your uh with your podcast, you're bringing people together. I like definitely Hamilton speak out. I mean, yeah. Thank you. All right. I'll take it. I'm Hamilton. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dope. Okay. So y'all, 
Thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank you for inviting me. This was amazing. I'm so happy that we were able to make it work and that we had such a fruitful conversation. I mean, we could have talked about tag y'all in all my Hamilton stuff from now on. You're gonna get a litany of tags from me. They're all Hamilton related. Please gonna have to deal with it. And we didn't even get to talk about like the bullet and like a bullet. Y'all heard about the bullet, right? Yeah, yeah. About the that that like blew my mind the bullet that was it's an article i'll tag you in it you haven't heard about the bullet who hasn't heard about it to us i don't know wow it's oh, this okay it's I'll this dancer who's like the representative of death and then you once you like recognize her and see her she has like curly hair and like an updo you see her like following oh i have we're about to die her. yeah Shoot, because she carries the bullet too at yes, the very yes, end. Yeah, the bullet. Oh, I love that. So good. That's so brilliant. That's like an Easter egg in there. It I is. Gotta watch it again so funny. <laughs> and if you think about, like that whole slow mo, that's very the Matrix. Like he's such no, a he's, okay. he's such a millennial. He's such an extension. <gasps> I just stand. <laughs> I, I forever stand. We have no choice but to stand. I can't. I cannot. Like how? How could I ever not stand? Why are you so good, Lin Manuel Miranda? Why are you so good? <laughs> Real. Anyway, thank you again. This was dope. Thank you. Absolutely.